and then Sunday morning, Sunday night service. So don't forget all of those announcements. I um, want to want to remind you. I mentioned Sister White and Brother White. I know uh, she's had a lot of pain in her knee since having that <coughs> replaced, and uh, so I want to remember. Uh, them and uh, she sent me a text pray for my knee pain and my husband to have strength uh, so I don't know uh, that's usually when one's sick the other one needs a lot of strength uh, to be a caregiver anybody know what I want to say amen to that and so all of these that are in the hospital pray for all their spouses and uh, even brother Richard Luzader I know has had some difficult uh, not Luzader but brother Richard Stratton I also remember Brother Richard Luzader, but pray for Brother Richard Stratton. I was uh, looking in the Word of the Lord, and, and I, I have preached on it. In fact, I, I preached on uh, the, the sifting and the seven steps. I, I've not preached on the seven steps of sifting, but I have preached on the sifting. In fact, um, I read the verse uh, that I'm going to read it now, Luke, the 22nd chapter. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith, notice that faith, fail you not, fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before uh, thou shalt thrice deny that thou hast known me, knowest me. And I have preached on that. I've preached on things like uh, can a... Um, can a disciple, does a disciple need to be converted? Because Jesus said, go thy way and be converted. And there are a lot of things that are there. And um, I just, I had not ever really read that whole chapter down to the end just in Luke the 22nd chapter as I did the other day and I begin to recognize well there are seven steps that after Jesus told Simon you're going to be sifted and I showed you this slide where they sift the grain by putting it in a, a basket or something and throwing it in the air and the wind and the chaos and the rub it and throw it back up and they beat it on the ground and beat the husks out and then pick those up and um, and throw them in and, and get that as that is part of that process of sifting and I mean we've all felt those that are online those that are here have felt like we've been in a whirlwind have felt like we've been in a tornado it felt like we've been in a tsunami. And some of us, uh, 
it's not just been the last month. It's not just been the last two months. It's not just been the last six months. And some of us know what it is to just get punch after punch after punch. And this happens and that happens. And, and I know we have, um, you know, those that we've been praying for and, and go through the list. And, and I encourage you to remember to get a list as you go out and you just feel like, battered and battered and battered and battered and what's going on and I talked about being sifted and yet I can tell you that Jesus said Satan hath desired to sift you okay but not every sifting comes from Satan the Lord also sifts or uses sifting Amos uh, the ninth chapter in the Old Testament, the Lord said, For behold, I will command, I will sift the house of Israel <clears throat> among all nations and cause it to move to and fro as grain is sifted in a sieve. And yet, and yet shall not the least kernel fall on the earth and be lost. Now that's a powerful verse, yet not the least kernel shall fall on the earth and be lost uh, from my sight. That's in the Amplified. In the King James Version it says, for lo I will command and I will sift the house of Israel among all nations like corn is sifted in a sieve, and yet shall not the least grain fall on the earth. So there's a promise at the end of that, but it's a the Lord is saying, I'm going to sift you. So when you're going through it, if you're like me, I go, okay, Lord, is this from you or is it from the devil? If it's from you, tell me what I need, lesson I need to learn so I can learn it quick. If it's from the devil, give me strength to make it through it. And you, you see, that's where we are. And, and I know... That it's the sifting, and I put this next slide there, and I, I, I added from this past Sunday, the bridge of faith over the four F's, fear not, fret not, faint not, forget not. Because you see, this bridge that we are supposed to be building, that the enemy's job is to destroy our faith, so that we will not build bridges to whether it's other folks or whatever. And this verse I put in the sermon a few weeks ago, my brethren count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation, knowing that the trying of your faith, whether it's being tried by the enemy, whether it's being tried by circumstances, whether it's being tried by God, it's a trial many times of our faith. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Of course you're here on Wednesday night. Of course you know. And it works patience and patience works and the entire complete and I mentioned that that there uh, to the uh, left they're forged in fire. And yet there I found when I looked through Luke the 22nd chapter these seven steps of sifting. And you'll be able to figure them out. And I, I've got verses, and uh, I'm willing to, 
uh, send you these slides and uh, uh, they can put them online or I'll send them directly to you if you want them, if you want to read them and, and keep the scriptures. But here's what it says. When he said, the Lord said unto Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, that you don't lose the faith. And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. And what was Simon's response to that? I can handle it. Bring it on. Come on. How big a boy is the devil? I can handle him. I can handle anything he throws at me. I'll go. I can go to prison. I can, go, I can die. I can handle it. Unfortunately, that's the first problem when you start getting sifted is to think that you got it under control and that you can handle it by yourself. Well, if I just get the family, if I just do this, if I just take care of it myself, when you start getting pummeled, that's the time that you cannot get worried about, well, I, I got I, I, I to gotta figure this out. I, that's when you've got to turn yourself immediately to God and say, it's not about me, Lord. The enemy is trying to overwhelm my attitude, my heart, my emotions. My... I, gotta, I, need, I need the presence of God. Self-confidence, I put versus God-confidence. What do you mean? That first step in the sifting is to get you to think that you can handle it. That's what happened to Simon. Immediately the Lord says, the devil's trying to sift you. And he goes, I can handle it. I can do it. Bring it on. I can handle it. And you say, well, he was speaking by faith. He was just speaking it into existence. I understand at times I have to say, you know, let the weak say I am strong. And I, but at the same time, it's not by my might nor by my power, but what? By your Spirit, Lord. I need your presence. If I'm going to go through this, immediately you got to realize I'm going to need God. That's why in Philippians it says, the fourth chapter, not that I speak of respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am in, therewith to what? Be content. I know how to abound, be abased, how to abound, whether to be full, whether to be hungry, to abound, to suffer. And then he ends up by saying, I can do all things, how? Through Christ. It's alright to say I can do all things if you add the through Christ, which strengthens me. What are you saying? If Simon would have said, Lord, if you'll help me, we can make it. I'll go to jail with you. With your help? But he didn't say that. And that little phrase got him on shaky ground because it was like, I can, I can handle it. That's why we, you know, we say things like, Lord, you know, if you go with me, I can make it. If you're there, we can handle it. What are you doing? I am not allowing the enemy to sift me like wheat. That's the first step, is getting more overconfident that I can do it without God. And that's why when we pray the Lord's Prayer, it says, give us this day our 
daily bread. And I believe, I believe, whatever happens with the election, whatever happens with society, that we are going to find the church is going to be more and more in touch with we need God today. We need God today. I need, sure, I need God every day. Oh God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find myself. Maybe you haven't felt this way, but I find myself getting up early in the morning, going to bed late at night, whatever, off and on during the day. Lord, we need a touch. Lord, touch this one. Get out my prayer list. I, Lord, touch so and so. Lord, help this one. What are you doing? I, you say, well, I am, I'm trying to say, Lord, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. Why? Because I, I want to faint not in my faith. You understand what I'm saying? Go back to Luke 22nd chapter. He said, saying, Father, <clears throat> this is Jesus praying, remember? Jesus, remember, went to the disciples. The same chapter, 42. After he said, the devil's trying to sift you like wheat, Jesus calls three of his disciples out. Peter, James, and John. They go with him into the garden. You know, we've seen that area where the garden probably was. Maybe even some of the trees. They go with him and they pray. And Jesus comes and he finds them sleeping. And he goes back and prays the second time. And the second time, he says, Father, if thou wilt, remove this cup from me. Now, in, in one version, it said he was agonizing. He was groaning. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever seen that garden... You know, it's not as big as this whole sanctuary almost. Maybe a little longer and more narrow about this size. But if I were over here agonizing in the garden, if I were here in the church, I was going, Oh God! So much so that I was sweating, as it were, drops of blood. You would think... Everybody in the building could hear me even without a PA system. And especially if I brought three a little up closer to me and gone a little way from them, you would think those three guys especially could hear me. I mean, when he says agonizing, he said, Nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. And then all of a sudden an angel appears. And begins to strengthen Jesus. Remember this? When Simon saw the angel, when John saw the angel, what'd they say? They didn't see the angel. They missed the whole angelic force falling in one area of the garden while they're sleeping in another. He got up from that and he came to the disciples and where did he find them doing? Sleeping. And notice what that phrase says. Found them sleeping for sorrow. 
Sleep in the King James. Sleeping for sorrow. When you read that in the Greek, Jesus then said to them, Why sleep ye? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Read it in the Amplified. It says, When he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from grief. And he said to them, why do you sleep? Get up, pray, that you may not enter at all into temptation. I don't know about you, and I know. When you're sick, you don't feel like agonizing and praying. I'm not talking about when you're sick. But I'm going to tell you, there's a spirit that goes along with all of this that makes you want to escape and retreat and from doing anything. Whether it's sleep, whether it's, you know, escape to a bottle, substance abuse, pleasure, I just got to have fun, I got to watch something, I got to play a game. I, I, you know, I got a candy crush, another 400 levels. Huh? And if I'm not careful, I can do all of that rather than praying. And it's a step to sifting. The second step is whenever I find myself getting overwhelmed. And you say, well, are you saying we can't watch a video? I can't watch YouTube? No, many of you are watching tonight. I, I'm not saying you can't watch. I'm not saying you can't play Candy Crush. I'm not saying you can't. Do, but be careful that that doesn't overrun, overrun my time of getting into the presence and getting an angel from the Lord to visit me. An angel was appearing in the garden and some of them missed it. All of them missed it except Jesus who was sleeping. Who was, they were all sleeping. Jesus was the only one praying. And that's why when you read Ephesians the 6th chapter and talks about the helmet of salvation and this and this and it goes through all of the weapons of our warfare the 18th verse says praying how often? always with all prayer supplication in the spirit and watching with perseverance and supplication for all saints and you, you know you say well pastor what do you mean uh, and I put here Lord willing uh, what, what, I, what I meant by that is I, I understand that when we you know when we can say well Lord Jesus prayed not my will but thine be done and I know I'm praying for God to heal everyone on this list, but I try to always remember to say, Lord, let your will be done. We're going to still praise you. We're going to still worship you. We're going to still... Why are you putting the willing in us in there? Because if I'm not careful, when it doesn't go exactly the way I thought it would, <coughs> and then hide my head under my blanket and say, Oh God, you didn't listen to me. You didn't hear me. Oh no, the Lord hears us every time we pray. He's able to give you strength. Don't retreat. Don't back down. 
Don't stop knocking. You say, well, he's not doing it the way I wanted him to. I understand. You know, just to be honest, and we've got people here, and you know it. But, uh, uh, you know, Brother Wickline, I, I, I... It wasn't my will that he go in and have a pacemaker that wasn't acting up. It's supposed to last. You know, it wasn't his will that he was going to be seven months in the hospital. He didn't know that. But you know what? God still kept him. We're still knocking. We're still praying. We're still believing. In fact, we got, Sister Carol told me tonight, well, his back surgery seemed to have gone good. So, hallelujah, somehow the Lord is still having victory. No matter what we go through, the Lord's going to be victorious. It wasn't the way I wanted it. But God's will, your will, not mine. I mean, I can go through, I can tell you a lot of things that weren't my will. But oh, Lord, I want to keep praying, praying, praying with all prayer, supplication, watching, persevering, supplication. Go back to Luke. That was number two. Number two is retreating, escaping. And you know, pressure gets great. I want to retreat. I want to escape. Number three. Luke the 22nd chapter, he says, When they which were about him saw what would follow. Now this is in the garden. Remember, they're praying. Judas comes up and kisses him. Remember this sequence of events? It's still in the 22nd chapter. And Jesus asked Judas, What? Are you going to betray me with a kiss? Remember all this? The soldiers gather around. And so... Jesus' disciples now wake up. Soldiers, lights, torches, they're coming in and they're sur- surrounding Jesus. Jesus, just a few chapters before, had told them, get a sword. So many of them got swords. They think this is, this is the showdown. Time has come. Time to get your 38, your axe, Two axes, two thirty-eights, axe two thirty-eight, or whatever it is. Get my nine, and I've got my. I'm loaded. I've got one here, and here, and here, and back here. Two knives, throwing knives under there. I'm ready to go. We can do it. And we have security. I'm not bad mouthing security. I'm just telling you. You, you get what I'm saying here. I, we're going to handle this. We're going to handle it. And so they look to Jesus. And they say, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And what happens? You remember? Simon doesn't wait for Jesus to answer. What does he do? What? And Jesus said, Suffer ye thus far. And he touched his ear and he healed him. In another version, he said, You live by the sword, you're going to what? Die by the sword. What, what are you saying? One of the steps. <coughs> To getting sifted 
is that the enemy wants to get you so emotional, angry, frustrated, that I can't wait for God to help me and give me direction. I'm ready to do it right now. And I can go through all kinds of examples in the Old Testament, New Testament. I mean, you know, Saul, the people are wanting me to sacrifice. I got to go. I, I got to do it. Act impulsively. Now maybe you've never had those spirits come on you. Where I, I'm just going to, you know, somebody prayed about it. Somebody prayed, Lord, what do you want us to do? But Simon couldn't wait for the answer. Simon immediately, without the authority of the Lord, the Lord didn't say, grab your swords. Simon took it on himself. What are you saying? In this hour, go ahead, next slide. In this hour, we see more and more people acting emotionally. And whether it's on Facebook or Twitter, you may not be with a sword, although the pen is mightier than the sword. But you see people, and they get on, and they tweet something, and they say something, and they attack somebody, and they make something, they, they whoop, what? Huh? And then they go, oh, what was the whole story? Oh, I didn't know that. Well, so sorry. Well, I didn't know that's what... I, oh! Oh! We have to be careful. That's a, that's a, a way the enemy can sift us. Just get us so riled up emotionally. That's why Ephesians, and we, we can quote the verse. I know it's us here tonight, but he said, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. And the next verse says, Neither give place, what? To the devil. Why? Because, you know, and the Bible's full of verses, you know, an angry man, a wrathful man, it's like a city without walls, without gates. Oh, and, and, and it's a temptation. It's a temptation to say something. It's a temptation to, for somebody to, you know, if somebody says something to me. Huh? huh? You ever felt that? Sifting? Maybe you haven't. But oh, man, it's a temptation to, let me just fang you a little bit. I won't put a whole lot of poison in it. But let me just bite you. One good time to let you know. Huh? Anybody ever been sifted like that? Oh, don't raise your hand. Huh? Satan hath desired to sift us. John the 8th chapter. Then Jesus said unto them, When you be, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man. What was he talking about? His crucifixion. He said, then ye shall know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. And the Father hath not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. What Jesus was saying is, my crucifixion is going to be my proof that the Lord is with me. I don't like that because I don't like how I pass the test on my crucifixion nights. Huh? 
our crucifixion, when we're going through it, how we respond is the proof that, you know what, there's something different about that one. They're, so, they're going through it. In fact, uh, the testimony that my wife, uh, uh, Caitlin's worker, had, whenever met her, we told it last night at prayer, the testimony that she said, she said, I was watching your mother online on, on Wednesday night, and she said, I just thought, wow, she just been diagnosed and came through COVID, and here she is giving it that. You know what? That's going to be the proof of how powerful God is, that I can keep praising Him, that I can keep loving Him, that I keep having a song. I may not be able to sing it to the top of my lungs, whether I'm in the hospital or wherever I am, I may just be able to go, amazing grace. But you know what? That's proof that the Lord has not left me and I have still plugged in. My, I'm going through my trial and I'm singing and I'm rejoicing and I'm, I'm holding on to God. So it's easy though to get emotional. That's number three. The fourth step They took him, talking about Jesus, led him, and brought him to the high priest's house. Notice how it says three times, him, him, him. Took him, led him, brought him to the high priest's house. And what happened? Peter followed at a distance, afar off. When you're getting sifted, when you're going through it, when you're overwhelmed, if you're not careful, you want to retreat. You follow from a distance. Oh, I still love the Lord. I just, and I know COVID's made us all leery. And I don't, you know, I don't want to shake your hand, and I'm not, I'm worried about coming. And I'm not talking about for coming. I know we have some that haven't been able to come back. I'm okay with that. I'm not, I'm not preaching against that. If you don't feel comfortable, fine. But don't lose your connection with God during this time. Make sure you're watching. Make sure you're praying. Make sure you're giving. Make sure you're encouraging. Make sure you're building a bridge. Make sure you're reaching out to somebody. So when I used to see so-and-so in the church and I'd wave at them, well now you're going to have to wave through a call or through a text or through something. Why? Because if you're not careful, you will not follow Him. And, and who is the body of Christ? Who is the body? What does the Corinthians say? We're His body. And yet, I've seen people, and they say, well, you know, nobody called me. Nobody talked to me. Nobody. And, and they start distancing themselves from the church. Distancing themselves from God. Are you praying? Are you reading? Are you getting a word? Are you hearing from God? Oh, letting the Lord quicken you? Send so-and-so a text. Send so-and-so. Give them a call. Oh no, I haven't heard anything like that. I'm, I'm so far back. And that's where Simon was. He was not cleaving or staying connected closely to the Lord or his body. Psalms, the 63rd chapter, David said it like this, and there are hundreds of these verses. My soul 
followeth hard after thee. That word followeth in the Hebrew is debach. Which means to cleave, cling to, pursue, overtake, stick to like glue. My soul followeth hard after the Lord. And this is an hour whenever the enemy is doing everything he can. And I know, COVID, we can't come and we had to shut down and I got it. But don't lose your connection with God in this. Oh, God, help us. We don't want to lose our connection with each other. We don't want to lose our connection with God. I, and, and, you know, person says, well, I'm not, you know, nobody reached out to me. Nobody told me. When's the last time you reached out to somebody? When's the last time you sent a card? When's the last time you made a phone call? When's the last time you encouraged somebody? Oh, well, you know, everybody else is making it fine, I guess. Oh, God, help us. That same word, debak, debak, is the same word, my soul followeth hard, is the same word that's first used in Genesis, the second chapter in the 24th verse, where it says, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave, is debak, unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So, what does that mean when it said Simon followed afar off it meant it was like he was divorcing God just by not being close to him and I, I will tell you I, I am praying I'm praying God bring everybody back healthy if we all get through it I'm praying God bring sinners in but I am praying, whatever we do, if we have to go through another six months, that we still are following close after God. I'm finding a way to pray at home. I'm finding a way to worship at home. I'm finding a way to touch God at home. I'm finding a way to touch the body. I'm finding a way to call, to make a contact. I'm finding a way. To build a bridge. Why? Because if we don't do that now, it's a, it's a way the enemy has of sifting us is to isolate us. That same word is the word that was used in Ruth. And you know, you remember, you know, the Bible says Ruth clave unto Naomi. And the words that are used in every wedding, you know, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following thee whether thou goest I will be thy God where thou lodgest I will be the, uh, I will be with you I want to lodge and thy people shall be my people and uh, you know and thy God my God where you die I want to be buried that's that's pretty intimate huh that cleaving that clay that being connected Psalms 119th chapter is all about the Word of God and it says, I have stuck unto thy testimonies. The word stuck there translated in the King James Version is that same cleave. Oh God, help me to cleave unto the Word of God. We've got apps now that will read the Bible to us. We've got apps now that will, you know, <clears throat> read a passage of Scripture. Oh God, help me that I am cleaving to the Word. Thy Word have I hidden my heart. Why? I want to, in fact, and, and I don't want to call him out, but you, Sister Michelle Costa told me the other day, she said, well, Pastor, one of the good things about 
being isolated at home was I got caught up and passed my Bible reading. I'm now caught up to Bible reading. What was she doing? I can't be there, so I'm going to cleave to this. Huh? I'm going to cleave to the Word. I'm going to stop. I don't want to be afar off. I watched the whole series of Friends, and I watched the whole series of Star Trek. I didn't read the Bible. I've got Friends attitude. You follow me? I'm not against Friends. I'm not against Star Trek. You can watch them all, but make sure you're also cleaving to God. Jeremiah says, when they're talking about they're going to overtake you in the land of Egypt, the sword which you feared uses the same word cleave. It means pursuing after. Job, it says, one is so near to another, no air can come between them. That's pretty close when you can't get air in between them. They are joined one to another. It's that same word, cleave. God, I pray for all of us that we get joined like this to God. Amen? Because this is a sifting time. It's a sifting time. We've got to get joined to God. Joined to His Word. Genesis 31-23 said He took His brothers with Him and pursued after Him seven days and they overtook Him. In Mount Gilead, overtook there is that same debacle, cleave. That's the fourth one. Fifth step, back in Luke 22nd chapter. You remember the story, you know what happened. When they kindled a fire in the middle of the hall, they were sat down, Peter sat down among them. That was the, that was the wrong thing to do. He was joining himself with the ungodly. You got to be careful who you listen to. I know Brother Hannity's perfect, and Brother Rush is wonderful, and Brother Joe Sparrow, whatever Joe, you know, a Morning Joe, or whatever. I, all of them are great, and you can listen to them. They get you all fired up, but be careful who you sit down around the fire with, huh? In this hour goes through a whole list in Ephesians the fifth chapter, this and this and this. Let it not be named among you. Go ahead, next part of the slide. He goes through that whole thing. Unclean person, covetous, upon whom the wrath of God. Don't be partakers with them. It matters who you associate with. You know, Grandma said it right. Birds of a feather. Say, well, I didn't have any friends. Reach out to somebody that's godly. I've told these young couples that are getting married. Hey, if you don't want to talk to me, find somebody that's in church, living for God. has been married 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Ask them what you need to do. If you don't want to ask the preacher, well, I know what pastor would say. Well, fine. Find somebody. Why? Don't take advice from your hairdresser unless they're living for God. You know, your co-worker. Huh? Well, my dentist told me that I should leave my husband. Well, God bless her. Maybe she's had five divorces. And you remember the psalm, Blessed is the man that walketh not, that sitteth not in the counsel of the ungodly, standeth not 
walketh not in the way of sinners, sitteth not, standeth not, counsel. Oh, what are you saying? David opened his Psalms by saying, be careful where you're sitting. Be careful where you are. Sits with the scornful. Go on. That's, that's number four. Number, I mean, that was number five. Number six. <clears throat> A certain maid beheld him while they were sitting at the fire. Earnestly looked at him. You can just imagine. She's looking. She looks back. She looks around. She keeps looking. And you can tell she's trying to study him out. Finally she says to him, This guy was with him. And you remember what Simon did. Big tough Simon that just cut off the ear of a soldier. A little damsel intimidates him. Because he's taking these steps down. And now he's being totally, his whole world is upended. So he denies the Lord. Now what does it mean to deny the Lord? The Bible is very clear about denying the Lord. It talks about in Proverbs, remove vanity, remove lives. Don't give me poverty nor riches lest I be full. And what did it say? And deny you. So you can deny the Lord just simply by getting too busy, too full. Everything's going too great. You know, and in, in some senses of the word, Maybe that's where America is right now. We've been so blessed. We've been so blessed. that Were we still thanking God? Are we acknowledging God? I don't know. Isaiah said, transgression and lying against the Lord. That word lying is the same word as denying. The famous verse in Luke, if any man come after me, let him do what? Deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. Second Timothy says, If we suffer we will, with him, we'll reign with him. If we deny him, he'll deny us. If we believe not, guess what? He's still faithful. He cannot deny himself. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that the Lord doesn't say, you know, I've tried, I've tried to help you the last time. You were never my child. You never belonged. That, that is not the way God operates. He's still standing there like the father waiting on the prodigal son. Oh, hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for that? Oh, hallelujah. It says no matter what we do, he is faithful. He can't deny himself. Oh, that was somebody that was buried in my name. I'm going to still read. They, they finally woke up. Thank God. I hit them with COVID. I hit them with cancer. I hit them with 42 other things. And now they woke up for the first time. Praise God. I'm ready to run to their rescue. I'm not saying all this stuff is from God. I'm not saying it's all from the devil. Circumstances. Whatever, but at the meantime, don't deny him. Second Timothy said this, Know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And it goes through another list, like in Ephesians. And it said, having a form of godliness, but what? Denying the power from such turn away. Matthew, the 26th chapter. Jesus said it 
the, Luke did not record this last little section for number seven, but it's in the Matthew version. It does say that Simon denied him the third time and swore, but Matthew gives it a little more detail. Matthew said it like this, Again, he denied with an oath. He denied with an oath. I do not know the man. Now, you know what it means when it says he denied with an oath? That means he was saying, I swear to you, I don't know him. On the, I put my hand on my mother's grave, on my dad's. Huh? May the Lord strike me blind if I... Whatever he was doing. I don't know him. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said, Peter, surely, that was the second time, the third time was surely thou art one for your speech. You, you sound like a Galilean. And then he just went ballistic. He started cussing and swearing. I don't know what he said. I don't know what he, he called him. You son of a Roman dog? I don't know. Whatever he called him. Whatever he said. Saying, I know not the man. And immediately the rooster began to sound. So number seven is denying the Lord with oaths and curses, getting angry with yourself. He was so angry at that moment that he missed the fact that he could have gotten back into the presence of God. And I have seen people get so frustrated. If you read that verse in the Amplified, it said, He denied it. He denied it and disowned him with an oath saying I do not know the man after a little while the bystanders came up and said to Peter certainly you are one of them too for your accent betrays you and Peter began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear I do not even know that man at that moment the rooster began to crow can you imagine he denied him cussing and then swearing that's pretty heavy you know I've, I've seen people that have lost out with God and yet they say well I'm not going to say there's nothing to it I'm not going to go that you know what I'm talking about but let's say you deny him with an oath I swear to you I don't know him let's say you deny it with that vehement cursing and swearing And the rooster crows. It's no hope for you. That's it. It's over, Simon. You blew it. Say, well, blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Of course, we know the Holy Ghost wasn't yet given. But you know, you go, oh, that, that's horrible. Yet what did the Lord do? A few pages later, Simon, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Go ahead. Feed my lambs. Simon, do you love me? Oh, I can't love you like you're asking me. I don't agape. I can't. Feed them. Simon, do you just... Are you my friend? 
And he began to heal Simon. I, isn't that powerful that the Lord, the man that denied him three times, the Lord would ask him three times. And then he would let this guy be the guy that preached at Pentecost. Open the early church. What are you saying? What I'm saying is, in this hour of sifting, and you may mess up and feel like I've just blown it, I didn't do right, I didn't respond right, I got mad. Today was our 43rd anniversary. You know what I got my wife? If you can think of it, tell me, because I can't remember. I didn't even get her a card. It was terrible. My mother brought up flowers and gave to her. That's pitiful. And a card. I missed out on both. I had to get through here tonight in a hurry before Walmart closes. Oh, I've messed up. I've blown it. I've, I've, oh, I've failed. Being confident in this very thing that he that began a good work in you. Keep working on me, Lord. If you're sifting me, keep getting the rough edges off. Huh? Oh, Lord. I felt convicted. <clears throat> I felt very convicted because I, I thought, man... I got ushers that stood in the back that were able to organize their flowers and food. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I messed up. 43 years, I got her nothing. You ever felt like you've messed up? With God? <laughs> With somebody? But the Lord is saying, Do you love me? Come back into my presence. Oh, I know it's windy. I know it's blowing. I know you, you've gotten so angry. You've gotten so frustrated. I, I, I confess, I, I didn't get her all that, but I didn't cuss her today or swear an oath to her. So at least I wasn't quite as bad as Simon Peter, was I? But oh, Lord, huh? What are you saying? Work out your own salvation. This is the job, isn't it? I got to keep. Every time I feel like I'm getting sifted, I got to find a way to get back in His presence. Oh, that's, my life! My, I don't have any footing. I'm getting thrown around. Get back in His presence, because in His presence is fullness of joy. At His right hand, pleasures forever. Let's stand. Oh, hallelujah! <clears throat> hallelujah! Hallelujah, hallelujah. It is God which works in you to do His will and His good pleasure. Let's just raise our hands and love Him. Thank Him for His Word. Hallelujah.